Tua can't throw the ball to the outside, the outside numbers. In fact, he could, not even that he couldn't make them, he wouldn't even try. He wouldn't even try to make them. He's like the Ben Simmons of quarterbacks. It's the weirdest thing. He won't try to take those shots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what you know about benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. They're rapid jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is business, you know how they go. They playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. It was just a <laughs> my, my, my bad, my bad. <laughs> at least it wasn't nothing. Catch me saying something like Chris. Yeah, at least it wasn't like something crazy. Like you was listening to the new R. Kelly album or something like that. Like wasn't nothing crazy. <laughs> Yo, Apple took that off with the quickness. Like hold up. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I, I admit it. Yeah, right. We know these jokers are dropping albums in jail. That's crazy. Just like a Lucius line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dropping albums in jail and shit. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bitch Mob ENT Podcast. This is episode two twenty three. Big three here tonight. One of our team members is out on a DMP. Um. Miles, smooth operator Davenport, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. The Knicks are we're rolling right now. Um, we gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Knicks tape. We definitely talking Knicks tape this episode. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes Debates Your Mother Sends Me. How you living? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm ready to get into it, honestly. <laughs> we're gonna start off right here with Brock Purdy, man. Brock Purdy last week, 16 for 21, 185 yards, two TDs, one rushing TD. Started off tonight's game, 10 for 10. The kid's looking good. Are they actually better off with Brock Purdy over Jimmy G? And do we see with Brock Purdy the ceiling being that they're a Super Bowl team? I feel like it's about the same. I think it's really the system. Like this just shows that Kyle Shanahan's system, like you could just throw anybody in there. And as long as they follow it to a T, this is what happens. Like, this just makes me think like, what's going on with Zach Wilson? Like you can't do any of this. You can't make the simple throws and make it look easy. Cause it's not like Brock Purdy's throwing deep shots. He's not on his Mahomes. He's like, dumping it off to McCaffrey, taking five-yard hitches and letting the playmakers do what it does. So, I mean, that also that trade for McCaffrey comes up big because now they're out like Debo for a few weeks and this is a workhorse back. So I like this team. I think Brock Purdy, it's a good story. 
but we'll see once you know they get a little further along and they start playing some more aggressive defenses what happens when he's faced with a little pressure i i couldn't agree more i think it's more of a system thing than anything else i, I don't know that I, no let's 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 just be honest i don't think that brock purdy is better than joe garoppolo we certainly can't anoint him as better than him off of a one game or two games now because i know thursday night football is in in progress but I'm I'm gonna say it's more about Kyle Shanahan and his genius and the way that he runs his offense and everything he has around him. Um, and I think a lot of guys could be really good in that system. You can take a lot of good, a lot of quarterbacks in the league and make them serviceable. I mean, the team can still make it to the Super Bowl uh, because the NFC is just not that strong this year. So that that's really where their strength lies. But I think at some point, you know, if they draw the wrong matchup in the playoffs, any team, some team can take advantage of the fact that Brock Brady can't make call to throws and, and force him into those situations where he has to, if they can stop the run enough. Um, if you stop their run game, then it puts him, it puts Brock Brady in these terrible situations. I think even tonight, he's been in a couple of third and long situations and just can't make the throws to, to move the chains and keep this thing going. So you can already see the, the deficiencies and why he was drafted last, right, in the, in the draft in last year. So, yeah, I mean, he's not better than Garoppolo. But, you know, that team, the ball, ball bounces the right way. They can still get to the Super Bowl. That's how strong they are everywhere else. It's just your quarterback matters a lot. So I'm not, I'm going to bet against them getting to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. I don't think it will happen because I think he has to make it. At some point, he's going to have to make a big throw, and I don't know that he's going to make it. And, and I'm talking about a big throw on third and long to keep things going. I, I just don't see it. You think if they match, match up against Philly? Yeah, Philly, Philly can stop the run. Philly can stop the run. They can win a battle in the trenches a couple times and force Brock Purdy into situations where he has to make big plays, and that's where you're going to see that come back to bite them. So Philly could definitely get the – Philly should get them out of here. Let's just be honest, right? Even even the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are less likely because they make the, they make mistakes to shoot, to shoot themselves in the foot, and that's the difference between them and the Eagles. But the Cowboys should beat them too. There's no reason why the Cowboys shouldn't beat the 49ers with Brock Purdy at quarterback. So either one of those two teams should be able to beat and move on. It's just a matter of, obviously, the Cowboys not being the Cowboys for 48 or 60 minutes in, in a game. And we can't bet. We can't bet on that. They got too many outside distractions, like Micah Parsons talking about other teams' quarterbacks whenever he gets the chance, or him talking about uh, foreign policy and affairs because he's suddenly a diplomat, and I didn't know that. So, you know, they've got a bunch of other things they got to worry about, about. When you look at it, basically, the cream of the crop then – how you guys view it, NFC is 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys. Those are the three only teams that actually have a chance, you think, to actually make the Super Bowl from the NFC. Yeah, there's no one I'm forgetting, right? Is there anyone I'm forgetting? I don't think so. Those three teams are the are the, 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 the cream that rises. That's it. I, I don't know any team that's going to be a late bloomer here. If Detroit gets in, they can make some noise, though. If Detroit were to get into the playoffs, they could make some real noise. They're there. They're not just a scrapping team. They're very talented. Um, and, it's, and they're clicking at the right time. You get hot at the right time in football. You know, just take it from a Giants fan. It can get crazy real quick. So they're a team that could give people to, uh, these teams problems. But outside of Detroit, I don't see any team really giving anybody a hard time. Seattle, eh, you know, Gino, Gino could play. It's just, I don't know, they're young defensively. Yeah, the defense is terrible. <clears throat> they're yeah. 31st in the league when it comes to rushing yards, they are, they give up like 160 yards rushing. So yeah, it was a, it was a nice story, you know, with Gino aspect, but as a team, they're not really ready to do anything in the playoffs. 
perfect transition. You mentioned Detroit Lions. Winners, five of the last six, 25 points plus in the last five straight games, which is the first time since 1954 they did that. Last week, not only do they cover the spread, they beat the Vikings handedly, 34-23, 330 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions for Jared Goff. Side note with that, Justin Jefferson, 11 catches, 223 yards. Justin Jefferson, different level. But now Detroit, which we talked about it before the show, they're in playoff contention. This week they're playing the New York Jets. Detroit, seventh in passing, 26 points a game. The Jets only allow 18 points a game and are number three in yards allowed and number four in pass yards allowed. How do you see this game going? Jets, Lions, who wins this one? Both are fighting for playoff position too. Jets lost last week to the Bills. They got their revenge. I think it's a must-win game for both teams, right? They, both teams need to win desperately. That They can't afford to lose. I'll let Miles start. <laughs> I'm curious what you guys say. I mean – I have my thoughts, but I'm curious to hear what you got to say, being the resident fireman head over here. <laughs> no, for this game, it's going to be a, a tough one. But I like the Jets' odds at home because, I mean, we got the fan base. we got the defense, and those two things kind of feed off of each other. Like, the fans get the, the defense rolling. Hopefully Mike White can, you know, stay upright this game because when he is he's making the throws like it's not like he's losing this game but it all comes down to how does Jared Goff play against this defense because let's face it this is probably the best defense he's played all season and this is a must win like this is they've been talking about giving him an extension maybe he's the QB of the future well, it comes down to these games late in the year. You got to win. So I like the Jets' chances always. Every week I like the Jets' chances. But I think we're going to run the table from here on out. That's in my opinion because I'm looking at the schedule. Lions are next. We got Seahawks down the road, Dolphins. Those are winnable games. And it's the fourth quarter now when you break up the, the season into quarters. You gotta, you gotta finish. I was inspiring, <laughs> you know. But um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't even know. How, I, I, this is not a game I want to pick. Obviously, I, I'm, I'm probably known for at this point for not wanting to pick games, and because I just, it's just a risky proposition. I don't know. Again, this game can go either way. It really can. Because the Jets defense could just dominate the game. It could just win the game outright. And that could just be the end of the story. But I think it'll come down to being able to stop the run for the Jets. Just can stop their run game. And their offensive, that's easier said than done. Because their offensive line is probably the one of the best in football. Like a top three or four offensive line. So that's easier said than done. They can't stop the run game. Jared Goff's going to play pretty well. He'll, he'll play pretty well. He'll be serviceable. He'll have a good game. He'll, you know, he'll have a couple touchdowns, right? And I think that's really what it's going to boil down to. But if they can stop the run, then this then this thing could unravel quickly because then you get you get your pass rushers getting downhill, going after Jared Goff all game. He's gonna be seeing ghosts. It'll be it'll be tough. It'll be tough. And you know it's gonna be cold. You know they play in a dome. Um, 
you know, I, I, I have my doubts on, on the Lions in this one. And they're still the Lions, right? So I, do, you, do you really shake off that kind of stink? You know, is, that, is there a deodorant that really masks that kind of smell, that kind of odor that comes with being a Detroit Lion? I'm not sure if we found one that's strong enough yet. So I'll pick the Jets. I'm talking myself into it in real time. But I have my reservations. I mean, is Mike White even is healthy enough to actually get go out there and fling the ball around? I, you know, I know he's going to play. Is he is he 100 percent? That's uh, probably not. So how does that affect him? You know, I, it's just it's interesting. It's really interesting. And how does Amon Ross and Brown do against say, Sauce Gardner? You know, like I'm asking questions right now because yeah, I'm not going to say you're not going to have any answers. I'm not clear. I'm not clairvoyant. I can't tell you. But Sauce Gardner versus Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the best matchups we've had all year wide receiver to cornerback. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. Um, and if Monroe can get the better of him, because he'd be the first wide receiver to do so. <laughs> no one else has done it yet. So that'll be interesting too. But th- there's a lot of great matchups in that game. But I don't, I don't think, I think it'd be a low scoring game. I think the Jets will probably come out with the win if they can stop, they can stop that run game. Uh, Quinton Williams playing really well. So I, I'll, I'll go with that. I know he got hurt too, but he should be playing, right? So I, I'd go with, I'd go with Quinton. Yeah, he got hurt, right? No, he's probably not going to play. He oh. hasn't practiced all week, and oh, oh. it's changing real time. <laughs> hey, that's a massive hole. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, damn. Yeah, if I were better, I'd stay away from this game. All right, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, I don't know. I'm gonna change my pick because I'm. I'm, I'm kind of scared now. That's, that's kind of weird because that's that's a big deal. That's, he he controls the run game. He stops run games. That's what he does. He's a, also gets after the pass rusher. He's a he's a good pass rusher too. He gets after the quarterback. That's yeah. I, I yo, I I don't want anything to do with this game <laughs> at all. But I, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Lions because I heard about that. Oh, but the Jets can still win this game. It's a, it's a, and I'm seriously, it's a, it's a coin flip. But I'll say Lions because of that that fact. Hey, you said Detroit Lions. Can you wipe that stink off? I think this is the year that they do it. They have me as a believer. I think they get this game. I think they actually – I think the Detroit Lions actually get into the playoffs. I got Detroit getting into the playoffs. And, hey, I've been on this, this soapbox probably for the last month. Detroit, before the Thanksgiving game, I'm like, they doing something in Detroit. They look good over there. Dan Campbell was coaching that team up. And now they're getting healthy and they have more weapons. Jared Goff said it perfectly on Sunday. We now have some over-the-top weapons to help out Amon, Ra, St. Brown in that running game. So I think the Detroit Lions are, they're not pretenders in regards to making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Make noise, probably not, but because it's still Jared Goff. But I got Detroit winning. You mentioned the points. Over, under, 44 and a half, what we taking? Under. I think it'll be an ugly game. Probably gonna be snowing and, and rainy in the Meadowlands on Sunday. I haven't I haven't actually looked at the, at the temperature, but 37, 37 and sun. Mm, that was a pretty nice weather. Um <laughs> we're talking about for, for, yeah, for it's cold as hell. December in, in New Jersey, it's it's nice weather, 37 in, in, in sun. It's cold as hell for us. For them, it's fine. I I'll 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 take yeah, I'm gonna take the under. I think the other, I think it's going to be a game that's just comes down to defense and slugging it out. Uh, not not a fun watch, but if you're a Jets fan, you'll be all t- you'll be entangled because it's it's it means something, right? Or if you're a Detroit, if you're one of the four Detroit Lions fans that actually exist, 
it'll be a game that you have to sit down and watch too. So I, you know, I'll, I'll take the under, but it could easily be over too. I know I'm doing a bunch of cop outs right now. It's not fun, but this is just a weird game. It's just a weird game. It's all, it is. No Quentin Williams makes this thing really messy. Cause I would have picked the Jets. I really wouldn't. I think I think the the more opportune word would be that Jets fans will be locked in because entangled has a different meaning now. But uh, Jets over under. I like the over. I think Mike White's gonna sling it. I think he's gonna sling it. I mean, what we saw against play. Buffalo was yeah. impressive because he was making throws, staying in the pocket, not you know scrambling, and just firing dots to people, even with the rib injury. So, and I don't think the the Lions defense is as good as the Bills defense. So, I'm expecting a big game out of him, Garrett Wilson. Of course, he's he might be top eight receivers in the league right now. I don't want to say top five yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on it. But it's coming. Believe me, it's coming. So really I expect good. at least a touchdown from him. No, that, that boy special. That boy that boy good. That boy good. Yeah, he's really good. I take, the, I take the over. I think I think between both teams, they at least be able to get 21 on the board. I think it'd be, so. It'd be a fun watch. It'd be more fun to watch than Giants Commandos. Tell you that. That's the case. It'll be a much more fun game to watch. Those both those teams are better. And that's perfect because I have the next thing that we're going to is Giants Commanders. Giants. We already talked about it on the show. We predicted it. Forty-eight twenty-two. Got straight embarrassed. They played the Commanders. Who they lost to. They tied to, but they could have won that game. They lost. Tied to. <laughs> Heineke actually is 5-1-1 one, one since taking over for Carson Wentz. The Commanders are actually favored four and a half points. Mm-hmm. How do you see the Giants-Commanders game going, especially being that most believe this game is going to decide which one of them get to the playoffs? I don't think the commanders are very good. I'll be honest. I, the Giants have been, haven't been good either, but the commanders aren't, aren't better. That's just, that's my honest opinion. That really is. That's my honest opinion. I, the Giants lost that game because they shot themselves in the foot last, in the last time they played. They were up. They had an opportunity to put them away uh, early in that fourth quarter, and they just, they just and, and repeatedly, and never did it. They couldn't get a field goal, right? They're up seven. Couldn't get a field goal to put them away. A field goal win, wins that game. It, it, it's, it was an embarrassing. Um, so I, I think I think the Giants will be healthier for this game, having Leonard Williams back, having certain guys back. I don't know if Dory Jackson's going to play, but and that matters. <laughs> that definitely matters. But even with that deficiency, even with the the guys off the street playing cornerback, they still had the, the, the commandos on the ropes in that game in the fourth quarter at home. And so I, I I, I think I think they'll do it. I think they're going to win this game. I really do think the Giants are going to win the game, but I'm certainly not holding my breath. Um, and I and I will say this in the podcast here because and and again, it's, I always have to remind myself it's not a Giants podcast. But I will say that if the Giants don't win this game, they I don't want them to win another game this season. Don't win another one. It I I would rather lose out the rest of the way uh, at that point for obvious reasons, right? For the, the quarterback prospects, just to get a good better and get a better pick in general. Um, but yeah, I think they'll win the game. I do think they'll win the game. Um, overall, I think they're a better football team top to bottom, just in terms of where, where you need to be. Right. I think they're going to win. They can win the game in the trenches. 
with their defensive line. They're coming alive. Kayvon's playing great football. Um, Ojolari's playing amazing when he's out there. He's, he's played, like, what, three games? He's been amazing. He gets four sacks, two strip, four fumbles. Um, so I, I think they have a real chance to win this game and actually get themselves into the playoffs here. And they're playing the perfect team to do it. There's no better, there's no better opponent they could have played than this stupid football team that isn't even that good. They're not even that good. They're not. But you know, nothing would surprise me. If they went out there and lost, that would I wouldn't be surprised either. I'll be, I'll say it. Another cop out. I'm sorry. But I think the Giants will win the game. I do think the Giants are gonna win. I see it. And also I'll say this too. You know, I know this may come up. I don't think this game is going to make or break Daniel Jones' favor New York Giant. I don't think the next four games will decide it. I think the, the front office has already decided what they're going to do with Daniel Jones. That's already done. I think it's done. I think the film they have is enough film for them to decide to either reinforce what they thought coming into the job about him when they chose not to give him a fifth-year option or to make them go, okay, we want to keep this guy you know, around as we build this thing and see where it goes. So I think they've already made up their mind. Um, and I, I kind of have my opinions about where it's going to end up. I, I think I know how it's going to go, right? But um, I don't want to. I don't want to steal the show too much. We'll, we'll get there in a second. I'll, I'll, I'll let Miles get his his two cents in. Miles, before you go, Chase Young is supposed to play, and their defensive back Benjamin St. Just is supposed to be back for Washington. And a telling stat to throw out there, and then you make your pick. Night games. The New York football giants are on an 11 game and 11 game losing streak for night games. The commanders on the other hand, I believe are five and two their last seven night games. Floor is yours. (laughs) I mean, I just think the, the commanders have a better overall football team in my opinion. I mean, let's be frank. The receivers are better. The running back position is not. But, I mean, with the line that they have, Brian Robinson's rolling, Antonio Gibson's rolling. And then, I don't know, I think Heineke, he might not be a better quarterback, but he's a better winner when it comes to playing football. So, I mean, is he not? He led them to the playoffs a couple years ago. Every time they try to replace him, he comes back. You know Miles, let's put it this way. The Eagles. The Eagles overlooked him. And what happened? Monday Miles, night, they he got him up out of here. So if, don't, if, don't do that. If Rivera could sign Daniel Jones tomorrow, he would and have him start over Heineken. So if I were you, I would just I would relax with the better winner conversation because Daniel Jones is playing with scraps. That's why I said I think I think his fate's already been sealed. I don't think there's anything he could show them that'll like unless he go up there and just throws a 300. And four TDs, which isn't going to happen with that with that team around him. It's just I, I don't know who's doing that. I, I really don't. Um, so I, I think that it's already been sealed. But no, I do. Come on, man. I, what are we talking about? Daniel Jones versus Heineken? No, the 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 the, 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 the uh. I, you know what I said? I didn't say he was the better quarterback. I, I led that. Better winner. That was the first thing I started he's with. Better said, winner. Yeah, he's the better winner. Is that how, how the hell was Daniel that in better winner? When, he had nothing. He had nothing to win with. Who, who is he? Out, yo, who is he out there with? Years with the same excuse. Come on now. They suck. They they suck. It's not an excuse. It's real life. They're really bad. They've been horrible. The 0 11 record that Antonio just talked about. I almost have to. I have to dispose of it because they've been that bad. But they're obviously as bad as they're not as bad as they've been in other years. They they're better now than they've been in other years. And that's saying something because they're not that good. They're still not that good. They're not. It, it'll take the O-line 
get, making plowing holes for Saquon Barkley and him getting to play off that run game for, him to, for the Giants to win. And let's see if that happens. The, the one of the better offensive linemen is coming back. We'll see what happens. Things can change. Things can certainly change. Saquon is cooked for the rest of the year. You guys put too much on him. He's done. He looks slower. That's the reason why. And also, I'm glad you said you were saying that because hence the reason why I'm not a proponent of giving him this big contract to come back. I would. I'd rather let him leave and get the compensatory pick and move on. I, I'm serious in that regard. I, I'm so serious. Like as good as he is, you know, I, I would rather build a run game like like San Francisco has, where you don't need. It's, it's not predicated on what which running back you have. No matter who you put back there, they're going to run the ball well because they're really good online. I want that as opposed to having a star running back where I, I center everything around the star running back. And it's all on him. It's all on Saquon. Go make five guys miss. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. New, I don't want that to be the case. I don't think any Giants fan wants that to be the case. And I would not be heartbroken at all to see him leave. Not because he's a, good, he's a great player. He's a good dude. He, all that. Cool. He's great. He's amazing. But that's not the point. For, from a team building aspect, I don't think it makes sense to pay that guy that much money, especially if the Giants aren't going to pay Daniel Jones too. I don't get that part. So, like, I wouldn't allocate money towards the running back and not the quarterback. It doesn't make sense. Um, just not the way it works. So, do yeah. Think, do you think possibly you mentioned San Fran and their running system? The thing with San Fran, yes, you could plug any running back in there, but they do have two to three running backs that are actual threats. Do you think maybe, hey, y'all keep Saquon, but y'all build it out where y'all don't have to rely on just him solely in the running game. Like, I don't think I, I agree. His production has gone down, but that's because it's him. Literally. I, I treat him. He's like, Chris, he's the black Christian McCaffrey in regards of y'all got him running. He's catching out the backfield. That's a lot on one person's shoulders, bro. I think it's also the the fact that the O line has had injuries. I mean, everyone's ignoring that part. He, he Saquon said he feels, his, he feels really good. Now he could be lying. Sure. But he says he feels good, and he says that a lot of it's just the teams are getting to scheme for their run game and really dial in on stopping him because who are they gonna, who's going to beat him on the outside? Who's running routes? I mean, you know, like they got Chris Johnson running routes for them. Like, who's running routes? So when you have that, them, you know, when you have that kind of situation, it's not a good one. And obviously it allows defenses to really just take your, your best player out of the game. It's easy to lock in. We don't got a number one receiver yet. So while some Giants fans may go, oh, we have other holes that are more pressing, other positions that are, more, are worse than wide receiver, the most important position they need is the number one guy. They need a Garrett Wilson type player. They need someone like that to come in and lighten the load. And I think Daniels look a lot different with that kind of player too. But that's if he's around next year. Um, you know, I'm not in the Giants front office. But You're playing doubles advocate though. As a, as a fan though, as yeah. a fan of seeing Saquon and him playing in New York yeah. and a possibility of – Odell coming there because Odell basically is not going to sign until next year. Yeah. I think run it back for the right price, of course. Run it back with Saquon and Daniel Jones. Get a top tier wide receiver, and let's see what happens then. Does Daniel Jones have a blow up season, kind of like when Jalen Hurts got AJ Brown? Does Saquon now last? all 17 18 games being that hey y'all can't just load up eight nine in the box i i personally would like to see it one more year with actually some weapons we've seen it throughout the throughout the league this year quarterbacks once you get them some weapons unless we're talking about the pat mahomes of the world the aaron Rodgers of the world the tom brady's of the world when 
younger Tom Brady, you get them some weapons, even when Tom Brady got some weapons. My gosh. Wow. It's literally night and day. Once you get some weapons, which is why I could see Miles' frustration. You have a weapon like Garrett Wilson, and my boy was not able to do anything. Mike White is using those weapons way better than Zachary. Yeah, I, I agree. I I agree with you. I think I, I could see it coming back another year. I'm just saying, like, there's, the a, right lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, it has to be the right thing. Right. Price is he going to play under a franchise tag? Like, do you even bother doing that because the big cap hit? Does it make sense? Because you have other holes to fill. Who, who knows how how it shakes out? It's it's hard to predict. I like I love hearing all, all the people like actually they know what's about to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. No one. Um, that that's the weird thing about the Giants. There's so much in flux. But if they win this game, uh, it, it does make negotiations a little better for both guys. Daniel Jones and Saquon. It does help um, certainly, and I think it's a game they they can win. They're they I think those two guys can lead that team to a win. I do. I, I think with O-line getting a little healthier for them, they'll find some holes in the run game, have some success, um, and they'll, they'll find creative ways to get guys involved and, and put pressure on the, the Washington. That team isn't good. Look, Heineken isn't that good. I, I'm so, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. He's not that good. He's really not. It's not that I'm overlooking him. He just has obvious limitations to his game. He, he has moxie. He makes up for it in other ways. He's crafty. He's all that. You know, he, he's he's – He's Andre Miller in his 30th year in the NBA. That's, that's, my, that's, my, that's, my, that's my comparison for, Hein, for Heineken. It's that, right? But he's crafty. You got a lot about, you got a bunch of up fakes. He can get you in the air or get a line, get the free throw line. It's cool, but he's going to take a chance in that game. And, they, and the Giants to take advantage of that, get him on the ground, sack him, and catch the interception he's going to throw because he's going to throw one or two. He's, he's good for that. He'll throw you one. He definitely will. Miles, you got the commanders winning. Their favorite four and a half. You taking the spread? That's a lot. To, <laughs> to be one of those like 17, 16 games. So I would take the Giants with the points just because, I mean, we saw the first game. It's still incomplete. We don't know what happened in that game. So maybe it's another close one. Someone wins with a field goal at the end probably Washington, but we'll see what happens. We actually got Saturday games this week. Saturday games. I heard. Oh, we do? Yeah, three. Three Saturday games. Three of them. Three of them. The most important Saturday game, Dolphins-Bills. Dolphins are on a two-game losing streak. Let's talk about it. Supposed to be nine inches of snow, possibly. They're screwed. The Dolphins did beat Bills the first game. They could sweep the season series for the first time in a while with the Bills. How do we see this Dolphins-Bills game panning out, especially with the Dolphins' late losing streak? They are another team now that if they keep losing, they might even fall out of the playoffs, period. The, the, the bill, I'll take the bills and all the points, whatever it is. I don't even bet all the points, all the spreads, all of it, all of it. Take it all. I, the, the, Tua can't throw the ball to the outside, the outside numbers and, and on, and I got outside the hashes when it's in a temperature controlled environment indoors. He's not doing that in snow. Okay. He, he has clear limitations to his game. And yo, 
I, 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 we watched, we watched, I'm sure you guys watched that Sunday night game. It was painful to watch, honestly, how the Chargers were just literally guarding the inside of these receivers, making sure they couldn't get to the inside, inside the numbers. So you can throw the ball in the middle of the field and leaving the outside throws wide open. He couldn't make those throws. He, in fact, he, not even that he couldn't make them, he wouldn't even try. He wouldn't even try to make them. He's like the Ben Simmons of quarterbacks. It's the weirdest thing. He won't try to take those shots. It's very odd because he, he, he can't do it. He has clear limitations to his game. And Dolphins know that. And Mike McDaniel's smart. He's crafted an offense where you can throw the ball inside the numbers repeatedly, and, and they've made a living off of that. And he can underthrow Tyreek Hill in some deep balls because Tyreek Hill makes up for it because he's so fast and Waddle as well. But when teams are going to use that script of taking away the inside throws, and you can't, you can't even try to make the outside throw. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's nuts. That, that's, that's nuts. Like, that's a lack of arm talent. That's, that's a guy who can't be your franchise quarterback. When you can't make those throws, you can't like it's impossible to sit in the pocket and not be able to rip the ball to the outside, the outside hash. You can't do that. I don't, I don't see how you can be a franchise quarterback in the league. So we're watching his demise because this ain't something that gets better with time. He, he unless you can go curl, curl forties and in his sleep and hopefully wake up in the morning and be able to throw the ball and rip the ball down the field. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. So uh, you know. I, I, had, I had to get that one off because I, I was really frustrated watching that game and thinking about all the times Miles sat on the podcast here talking about, no, he's better than this guy. He's better than Daniel Jones. He's better than this. I, I don't have a question about Daniel Jones' arm strength. <laughs> you know, that's not my concern, okay? But this guy d- can't do it. He, he, he has physical limitations. He cannot. And it sucks. He's a nice guy. I, I, wish he was, I wish he had all the success in the world. I was rooting for him. I even called him an MVP candidate earlier this season on this podcast. I did that. You know what I mean? But teams weren't taking away the inside throws at that time, and now they are. They've adjusted. I should have seen it coming. So that's my fault. But here we are. Hey, the thing that's concerning, too, whether it's an inch, two inches of snow, with it being cold, with the temperatures like that, the Bills obviously are used to that. Games like that, and Miles and Greg can definitely attest to this being fans of the Jets and the Giants and seeing games like this. What comes in handy with that? is being able to have a run game. The Mm -hmm. Dolphins are 29th in the league for rushing yards per game. So in a game like this, so what Greg said, give me the points, give me the spread, give me the over-under, whatever it is for Josh Allen, whatever it is for the Bills running game, give me all of it. Give me a 12-leg parlay for the Bills game. Everything Bills. Miles. How do you see this game going? I don't think you're going to see anything different, but how do you see this one going? I mean, in this one, I'm rooting for the Bills because that just brings us closer to the Dolphins. And I have a feeling that the Dolphins and Jets are going to meet week 18 and it's going to be whoever wins that game gets in. So I need them to lose. But like just looking at it from an outside perspective, the Bills are the better team. They're playing in conditions that they've played in before. like. The Dolphins, they play in Miami. They're not used to, you know, dealing with 20-mile-an-hour winds, a foot of snow. I'm sure they don't even have the right gear to, to play in. They don't have cold gear out there in Miami. So, Tua, it was concerning to see what he did last week against the Chargers, who don't even have a really good defense, honestly. They're missing guys on defense, guys in the, the – uh, defensive backfield they're missing Joey Bosa and they still made to a look shaky so imagine with the Bills 
Imagine what the Bills are going to do. He can't make those throws, and he's going to be pressured all game. And like you said, there's no run game, so all the pressure is going to be on his shoulders. And in that wind, he might throw it up, and it might look good, but then it gets pushed back 10 yards, and it's a pick. So he throws a floater. No, uh, no denying that. He's on turkeys. Ain't looking good. Um, had got off to a hot start, but as of late, the Dolphins are not really looking hot. Sunday's games, probably the most important game on Sunday that we did not mention. That we, you know, we already touched the other games. Titans seven and six at the Chargers, who are also seven and six, and thanks to. Tua and him struggling. The Chargers are back in the playoff conversation. Titans are on a three-game losing streak. King Henry, Derrick Henry had two fumbles last week. Mm. The Titans only have a two-game lead now in the AFC South, which I don't think they'll lose it, but it's only a two-game lead now. How do you see this game going? I'm going with the Chargers. Because I don't believe in Tannehill. Well, Tannehill's not throwing anybody anymore either. He has no receivers to play to throw the ball to. So it, Derrick Henry's. You see, there it is, right? Like talk about Saquon being cooked. Saquon and Derrick Henry are in, in very similar situations right now. You got no outside weapons to throw the ball to. So because of that defense can load the box up with like fifteen guys, and you look horrible. You look like you're hurt. Meanwhile, it's just hey, they're just they're just scheming it up and stopping you because. They have the manpower to do that, and they have to respect your outside weapons, right? So it doesn't force them to play the field and they don't stress the field at all, right? The offensively, they just don't, so it's very compact. So if, if Henry can look bad, any running back can look bad under those circumstances. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, the Chargers are the easy pick here, uh, the conventional pick, uh, as, long as, they, you know, as long as they don't do something very Chargers-like and find a way to lose this game you know, they should be fine. It's the game they should win. This is a game where they're superior from a talent perspective in every, almost every position, right? Uh, you know, most of them anyways. So, uh, you know, unless, the, unless this game gets ugly, like the only way this game can get really crazy is if the Titans D-line gets after Herbert, which is possible. Because their O-line is bad and Herbert is like one of the most pressured quarterbacks in football by the numbers. But he just, he's just so good. It doesn't matter. Another reason why, my, you know, as much as I like Daniel Jones, I think it's time maybe coming to an end here. But Yes, I think I think that uh, the Chargers will win the game. Before you go, Miles, I'll put this stat out here, right, where it also can get ugly for the Chargers on the opposite side, though. Chargers give up 147 yards rushing per game. Derrick Henry is only in second place with rushing. The Chargers also are leading with a couple other teams, but they're one of the top teams with allowing four runs this year of at least 50 yards. Derrick Henry himself has two carries over 50 yards this season. Over under, Derrick Henry gets back to 100 yards rushing. I think over. I didn't think I'm pound the rock. So I'd say over two. I don't know what else the Titans are going to do. What are they going to do? Give the ball to, to uh, Ryan Tannehill, throw the ball up to, I don't know. Who? Hey, 
Who? Oh, Bert. <laughs> yeah, right, him. You know, it, it, it's it's a tough ask. I, I think he could get over 100 yards, but I think they could still lose the game. It, it, that's that's just how deficient it is from a down perspective. So I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take the the Chargers, but we'll see. As he he's not two, he's not gonna throw ducks. So they better start covering normal again. Don't give him the outside throws; he will hurt you. No, um, for this game, I like the the Titans. I think the way you slow down a high powered offense is you run it, and like you said, their run defense isn't that good. So. I expect a big game, at least 30 carries for Derrick Henry. And that's how you slow it up. You Maybe a couple touchdowns there, make this a, a low-scoring game, and try to pressure Justin Herbert. Because for the Titans, that's the problem. Their pass defense is awful. It's one of the worst in the league. And the, the Chargers are starting to get healthy again. They got Mike Williams back. They got Keenan Allen back. Like, he's getting his weapons back. and. If you give him time back there, he's going to tear you apart. So keys to the game, run the ball for the Titans, and get after Herbert. So I like it like, what, 20 to 16. Yeah, that can't nobody argue with the keys to the game in that aspect. I just think overall the Chargers are a better team, and they'll figure out a way to win, and they've been playing better. And like you said, he's getting his weapons back. Sidebar, I don't know. If there's some company, somebody needs to sponsor Zion because the amount of razor bumps this Joker has is absolutely disgusting. This junk looked wild. It looked like he had some type of disease on his neck, bro. Poor Zion, man. Is, like, this, a is this a transition to Zion? <laughs> nah, 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 it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm watching. The, I'm watching. The, the game is in the background. I'm just looking at it. This man is in a full-on sweat, and the the bumps on his neck is that bad. Like it's not even covered up. It's it's, it's bad, bro. It's matching his jersey right now. I'm trying to get him a deal with Gillette. He need he needed deal with Gillette. He's gonna make millions. Could be diet too. We don't know what he eating. Might be a lot of raisin canes. You feel me? No, don't bring him into this. That's good stuff, man. I plan to indulge uh, at least at least twice. Twice. While I'm while I'm down in the dirty south over the next two weeks, I, I plan on indulging a couple of times. I'll send y'all pictures. You know, you see, you see it. Capper facts: Jalen Hurts MVP case is more about the team than it is actually about Jalen, which was said by Michael Parsons, by the way. I think it's Cap. I mean, you see the progression, you see the throws he's making. It's not like you can scheme somebody to make these tight window throws like he's making anticipation throws that people weren't thinking and i mean the way greg's looking it looks like he's gonna say the opposite so no i'm not actually i'm, I'm not i'm I'm not I'm, I'm not i'm not focused on that i'm focused on michael parsons whack-ass saying what he said I, I i didn't i didn't that didn't sit right with me like him saying it and him smiling on the on the on the podcast and he's just what's wrong with him like it was it was it was it's typical for the cowboys yeah, they just find guys who do stupid stuff like this. Like, so you're giving a team like the Eagles bulletin board material for the next time they play you. Like, the Eagles don't need motivation. They're, they're they're really good. They're a complete football team. They can win the Super Bowl like that. They're that good. They they should win the Super Bowl. They're better than the, the Cowboys are. And you're gonna put light a fire on this guy's behind when he's throwing a ball to two all world wide receivers. 
in an all-world tight end who's coming back real soon. And Goddard, I don't understand the logic. I, there is no logic. The Cowboys are stupid. They find ways to lose when it matters. And they're going to find this, this is going to come back to bite them. We, you, we all know it. This is typical Cowboys. This is the same movie, the same terrible song on repeat over and over again for the last 21 years of my life is all I've seen. I've seen, it's all I've seen in my life is it, these guys finding ways to fumble it repeatedly, literally, right? And this is another example of that. So get, lighting a fire on a Jalen Hurst doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. He's the kind of guy who thrives off that. He really is. I, I, I'm not, I am not here to, to, to say it is about the team more than it's about Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's a team game. What are we talking about? No would have looked good, right, early in that situation, right? I know he had a good old line, but there were there were deficiencies there. He's gotten better. He has to deliver the football still, even though there are new new wide receivers. So I'll give him the credit. I'm going to give him the credit where the credit is due. He's a, he's a damn good quarterback. He's probably going to win MVP this year, probably. You know, I I can't I can't indulge in this conversation like it's a serious one. You know what I mean? Like, I, I see where Michael Parsons was going, but it's a conversation for us to have here at Benchmob, not a conversation for him to be having as a member of the Dallas Cowboys when you guys see these guys again. And trust me, they're going to take it right to him. They're going to take it right to him. He think he under he think he untouchable right now because he got a couple, he got some sacks. He, if you, you see, this is what happens. Y'all call people Lawrence Taylor. Y'all start telling him too early. And now his ugly ass going to go on, on on a podcast talking about, about all this nonsense. <laughs> Get me mad, bro. The thing is, I can see where he's coming from I and his mindset because when they played him, Dylan Hurts only had like 177 yards. They started off hot. The Cowboys actually came back, almost won the game. Yeah. So in his mind, I could see where he's saying, like, yo, this y'all, this y'all champion, this y'all king, he struggled against this Cowboys squad. So I get where he's coming from. And me personally, he's definitely improved his game. And he probably will win MVP, but my MVP is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes does not have two weapons like that. He does not have a Devontae Smith and an AJ Brown. My MVP would be Joe Burrow for the same reasons your MVP is 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 Patrick Mahomes. And I just mean like purely best quarterback, purely the guy who who just makes it happen for his team in the midst of adversity. Joe Burrow would be my MVP. Yeah, I can say that because Chris isn't here. I can say that. The big, the big cat himself, but I, I can say that now. But it, it, in seriousness, like I, I know there are awards in Jalen Hurts game. I, I, I look at Jalen Hurts the way I look. I feel like if Daniel Jones was in, in that situation, he could do something similar. Would he be as good? No, but he, it would. They would be good though. They would be really good. They'd win twelve games with him in quarterback because they're a really good team, complete team with the best line of football. I really believe that. I really do believe that. So. I'm not trying to diminish what Jalen Hurts is doing. I just think that Jalen Hurts is in the same tier as other quarterbacks. And that's probably what Michael Hurts, Michael, Michael Hurts, Michael Parsons was trying to say. Michael Parsons was probably trying to say, he's not on the tier of Patrick Mahomes. If he don't put fear in our heart. And that's fair. But that, like you said, though, Von Miller can say that. He has the podcast. He's not playing. He towards ACL. Uh, he's done. Yeah, and he's not, he's not seeing Jalen Hurts anytime soon unless Jalen Hurts is suddenly a doctor and performing his surgery. You are seeing these jokers <laughs> possibly in the playoffs on top of seeing them in two weeks. So you're going to see them in two weeks. And then how it's panning out, y'all might see them in the playoffs. And this is, this is what you decide to do, Mike. And it's not like, again, it, it'd be different if this was, you know, the 2007 Patriots. We're undefeated. I'm going to talk whatever I want to say. Y'all have had, the Cowboys have had their struggles this year. 
I don't know how. And you know what's crazy is that he's saying that. It's ironic. He's saying that, and people could make the same this case about Dak Prescott. His entire career has been like that. Because from year one, he came in 13-3. Was it not more about team then? I don't, I don't understand. The, the irony kills me. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that part doesn't make any sense to me. And even now, he's come back from his hand injury. He has eight interceptions. He's 14 touchdowns, but eight interceptions. He, he struggled. He struggled. He, he has his warts. He has warts in his game. So to be talking about Jalen Hurts, that's, that's a misuse of your energy, my guy. It is. Get off these podcasts. Get to work. Lock in. I can see why he wasn't a giant. I always, it always kicks me about why he wasn't a giant, like why it kills me. Because he's so talented. But I can see why. Because he's a, an idiot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot, and he puts his foot in his mouth more times than you can count, all right? And, again, it ain't just this. Two weeks ago, he, we, he thought he was uh, a, foreign, a foreign policy. Uh, he thought he was on the, sitting on the, on the board of, of, of foreign policy members out there talking about BG and her situation, talking about why they didn't bring back uh, uh, the Mike. Right. Like, what are we talking about now? So now you want to now you want to, okay, okay, Barack. So that's what we're doing now? You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about, man. Just play football. Oh, look at his breast thing. (laughs) (laughs) Next cap of facts. CP3 is not a top five point guard all time. Oh, my God. Cap of facts. I only bring this up because Boogie was on a podcast recently. He said CP3 ain't top five point guard all time. This is annoying. This is an argument. You can make the argument. That's why it's annoying. That's why it pisses me off. I don't like this. I don't like it. Because, yeah, the obvious, you can go, oh, yeah, he didn't win rings. He didn't He didn't even win MVP. How can he be top five? And then I heard Boogie say that Russell Westbrook's top five, top, uh, deserves to be in the top five more than CP3 does. And I blacked out. I blacked out. I blacked out. I, I, I lost consciousness. You know, some people drink to lose consciousness. I hear stupid crap like that and it makes me black out look statistical accomplishments matter in the conversation yes but do we not watch basketball anymore like is that not is that not what we're doing i'm not saying and boogie should know he was he's, he played against both of them right I, I, he may have a problem with I, that they may have had a couple run-ins in the nba him and demarcus right it, it, it was personal right that it has to be personal because there's no in no world in no universe is russell westbrook a better basketball player Straight up, than CP3. I'm sorry, no. The the, comp- the 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 compilation of numbers that Russell Westbrook did was incredible, and I'm not going to turn it into the Westbrook the Westbrook bass session. No, he's got enough going on. I, I I don't need to do that. But to say that he's not top five all time, it, it's utterly ridiculous. Also, I'll say this because it's good for the show. And if you post, and if you post this clip, I'm sure it's going to go crazy, right? Because people not people love to come cape for Westbrook. Again, I will reiterate: there is a no world, no universe, not, not here, not 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 in the, the not in afterlife, not in whatever you believe. There is no world where Russell Westbrook is better at basketball than CP3 is. None, and certainly not a better point guard. Certainly not a better point guard. N- none. Okay, you can say whatever you want about CP3. Say whatever you want. He's a dirty player. Yes, he is. He's had his shortcomings. Yes, he has. He is. He has shrunk in the big moment. Yes, she has. True. But those Clippers teams are never going to make it happen, man. It was never going to happen, okay? And you can't rely on a six, a guy who's not, you know, he's not even six foot. He's not even six foot. He's five ten. Let's, let's keep it a stack. He's NBA stack to be lying. You're not going to rely on a five ten dude to create all your shots for you in a in a playoff series on a stretch. His body's going to break down, 
That's going to happen. He, he needed a guy like Bron next to him, Paul George next to him, you know, a, a big-time wing, Tracy McGrady next to him. Think, think wings like that, right, to help him out, right, to, to, to make his life easy. Has he ever really had that? Ever? As you think, Blake Griffin is sure as hell not an example. Blake Griffin just do like his run and, run and jump, okay? He was Tarzan. He's, he's a basketball version of Tarzan. That's what he is, okay? But he, he, is, he was never the skill guy. <laughs> so let's keep it a stack. Let's keep it a stack. Let's keep it a stack. Like, I'm, I'm here to defend CP3 because in a world where we, we just be trashing on Kanye's taking a turn. Kanye wants to, to piss on him in the media. You know, everyone wants to, to pile up on Chris Paul. But the reality way, since since Kanye, re, you know, revealed that CP was sleeping with Kim, they're one and six. Just throw that out there. <laughs> That's not why they're one and six. <laughs> That's not why they're one and six. CP's old now, too. Like, it's just not the same. You know, it's just. <laughs> Miles, do you, do you have CP3 in your top five? Because Boogie, I was with Boogie on his conversation till he brought Russell Westbrook in there. I was with him till he said that point. Because you can't make that argument. CP3 is in the top five point guard all time. Yeah, you can. Um, I mean, is he better than Steve Nash? That's, yeah. that's, who, Bo- that's who Boogie brought up. Boogie put it. He put him in that conversation. But he is, though. He, he, he's been all defense. When is Steve Nash isn't defended shit in his entire career? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's just crazy. Like, no, bro. Like, CP is so underappreciated for how good he is because there's the other stuff you can talk about. The fact that he's his public, his failures have been so public. So they, they stick in your mind, you know, you, you can't wash it off. But you can't forget how great he is. He is so he's an amazing player. He's a he's a guy who would go to an OKC and they're trying to tank and they end up in six seed because he just brings he he's he's a winning basketball player. He makes all the little plays. He does that while still being able to get you a bucket. Still get he can still get you thirty points any given night with his physical limitations in the in the new age NBA and a guy who isn't taking a bunch of three pointers by the way. That 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 that, that has to be his mid range game is crazy. He's, he's shooting over six eights. With ease. Uh, In the post. I think that's something that will forever that you have to bring up as one of his biggest feats is taking that OKC team to the playoffs. Was nowhere, nobody expected that. He took them to as a sixth seed at that too. Not person you mentioned, all due respect, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. They was only like an AC that year. Oh, bro. He throwing that out there. Next capital facts. Practically the same team, by the way, too. Practically the same team. Pretty much. Draymond Green is soft for having that fan kicked out because it is allegedly said that the fan, only thing he said was, we're giving you, it's a case. We're we're letting you chill because we should put hands on you for what you did to Jordan Poole. Draymond is soft. For that cap of facts. Facts. I, I agree. I agree because the thing that people forgot, Jordan Poole is from that area. Come on, bro. Facts. Of course. Of course he's soft. You, you know what's you know what's really messed up? He had guys like Stephen A. Smith 
and all them talking about it on TV the next day. And he said, he made it sound like it was like the guy, the guy threatened to do a bomb threat on him or something. Exactly. You know I mean, he made it sound like the guy did some, you know, like, like he really threatened him on some like terroristic type stuff. Like it was about to get crazy. Like he thought he said, oh, I'm going to shoot you after the game or something. All he said was, you're lucky. You're, you're, we're going to let that slide. Are you serious, Draymond? Did the tough guy like you put on every day and you can't take that from the crowd? That's crazy. They was throwing batteries at Bron. They, yo, what are you talking? They were throwing, yo, they were throwing nooses at Brian in Cleveland when he came back, and you can't handle that. Are you serious? Calling them all types of porch monkeys and all that stuff, and you can't handle the guy telling you you got lucky, but then you slide. Nah, man, I, I can't rock with that at all. Draymond and the tough guy actually makes it worse. You know what I mean? Like you have the whole tough guy chick, and you can't handle someone saying something like that, and that you got to get him kicked out. And and I saw Noah said this, and he's right. I'll give him credit. What part of the game is it where we getting black get fans kicked out the game now? We not that's not what we're doing. We can't we cannot do that. They're not and no it sounds stupid, but it's not. Okay. Milwaukee did the right thing. They they're allowing him back and they're actually gonna give him some tickets to the games. He'll be able to come free. They I think they sent an apology out and everything. Once all so we're saying allegedly, but from what it sounds like. The Milwaukee Bucks did their research, and it actually is true. He didn't say anything out of pocket. No. And for Draymond to do that, and like you said, everybody was basically talking about it like it was terroristic slash racial things that was said towards Draymond. Some people made it seem out like it was somebody from the mountains of caucus that said something to him. But in actuality, it was somebody holding this man accountable for what he did to Jordan Poole. Nah, I can't rock with Draymond on that one. Like you said, on top of it, you the tough guy act, and you could have lasted in the 90s. Okay. What you think they were saying in the 90s? Right. They, they would have just, they really, especially if you, because Jordan Poole's from there, they would have just saw you at the hotel, Draymond. Facts. Miles, <laughs> you, you, thought, you thought it was, what do you think it was? You, you thought it was fair or foul? I don't know what you say. Captain Fat. I think, I think he was wrong for getting the guy kicked out, but at the same time, when you look at it, like this could just start escalating to, you know, fans starting to do worse things. Like now you're going to openly threaten somebody on the court and he gets rewarded with tickets. Now people going to be like, all right, let's let, let's let like Ben Simmons come to Philly. I'm going to say something real crazy to him. And you know, they're going to, they don't give me season tickets for it because he deserves it. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Because he says something that's true. And they're refunding the tickets for the game that he got kicked out of. And he's getting more tickets. So it's yeah, going to be like. <laughs> but what do you say? How do you threaten him though? Huh? How do you threaten him though? You didn't threaten him. You just say, you, you say we're going to let it slide. I mean, so if we're at like. Dave's hot chicken and somebody you was playing pickup ball was like, yo, you fouled my man's pretty hard, but you know, I'm gonna let that slide. I'm gonna let that slide. You 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 dropped him, you you slid some crazy ish on him, and I'ma just let it slide because you know it's not the time or the place. You're not gonna take offense to that. He's like openly like it's borderline a threat. It's not a threat, but okay. it's like borderline like. I'm having I'm having that nigga removed from Dave's hot chicken. That's all. <laughs> see, it is, 
it is a borderline threat. It's just like it's soft though, because he the yeah. way that, the way that they made it seem and the way that he portrayed it, which had the Stephen A's of the world, the radio shows, making it seem like the dude said, "Yo, I got I got an Uzi in the trunk waiting for you. Don't go to the locker room." That's really what he said. He made it sound like though. That's what, that's what he made it sound like. If he was just honest, and he said that. All right, yeah. Just how you explained it. That is a borderline threat in our community. You you, you insinuating something. Yeah. But, but you know, it's funny time, because you look at it like if it wasn't Draymond, it wouldn't be such a, you know, big deal. Like if you threatening like Delonte West or something, it's like, all right, whatever. But you know, you also you you brought you made a you, you gave us a real life example. <laughs> he gave us a real life example. Uh <laughs> he gave us a real life example saying that if it was me at DH, I check in and that happened to me, what would I do? But also, I'm not dreaming. I'm not walking around here with my chest puffed out talking about I'm from Detroit. I'm from Saginaw, Saginaw toughness. I'm from South Orange. So in South Orange, if you say some shit like that, I'm getting you kicked out of things like shit. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. So I ain't, I'm not built like that. And I'm, I'm, I am comfortable not being built like that. I'm getting you kicked the hell out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Last cap of facts. We don't really talk about this team unless they doing something crazy, unless they in the news, unless it's for negative. But quietly, Nets are eight and two in their last ten games, four game winning streak. Have the Nets figured it out? Capper facts. Facts on the court it works. On the court it works, man. The, the Jock Vaughn, shout out to Jock Vaughn, man. He's coaching his he's coaching his behind off. He's doing a great job. He's put he's doing something that I I had never seen Steve Nash do, which is weird. I just put KD and Kyrie in a pick and roll and let them tear defenses apart with the shooting they have around them. Um, dude, he's doing an amazing job. He, he's he's navigated this job so well since getting it. Kyrie obviously coming back from his situation, and, and it, it really feels like the distractions, the big the big headline stories that you know, the nonsense is behind them. And that's the cool part about me, about being a Nets fan right now. They're just, they're just hooping. So whether you win or lose every night, you, you, it's just a weight lifted off your shoulders. You can just worry about the win, the, the schematic part of the win or loss. You don't got to worry about whether or not Kyrie's going to show up tomorrow because he might be at a rally or something. Like, that's that's done. And it's really, really fun to, to watch and enjoy as a Nets fan. So I think they figured it out, man. I really do. And I think that win in, in Indiana the other night, I believe it was last weekend, was huge because if you remember about the KD trade saga, he was saying, "Oh yeah, there were nights where you know I didn't play and we didn't win." Well, you got a real coach in there, and you went out there without any of your top guys. I literally, I think, literally the whole starting rotation, like the rotation, the the was, was out. It wasn't even just starters. There was everyone they rotated in and out was out, and they win. Cam Thomas gives him thirty, gets a thirty ball. Now, I happen to think that that was not a coincidence, and that they're going to trade Cam Thomas, and they're just kind of they were showcasing him to the league because they're going to try to upgrade the team. But it's fun, man. It's a fun time to root for the Nets. They, they've got a real chance. they got a real chance to, I think with a trade for a big, they've got a real chance to be a team that could to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference and win a championship. Because this this league is full of parity right now. No one's running over. There's no favorites. No one, no one's like, oh, my God, I was so scared. The Bucs just lost by 50 tonight. No one's scary. No one's scary. It's, it's, the time to strike is now for the Nets. Really, with Kyrie being in a contract year, it's now. I think they realize that, so I think they'll make a move. But they figured it out, man. They, they're playing good ball. Jacques Vaughn definitely has figured out a couple of lineups. Kyrie, Curry, 
Joe, Royce, Katie at the five. They are plus 26.9 rating. Kyrie, Joe, Katie, Ben, Claxton. 153.3 offensive rating and 123.3 defensive rating, plus 30. So he's found out some lineups that actually work. To end off the show, as you just said, it's parity all over the league. The teams from first to six is not that much difference. And then when you look at the playing teams, it's the same thing. It's teams like in the West, OKC is still in the conversation for the playing. It's real parity right now in the league. Believers or pretenders, each team, I'm a mission, couple teams, I ain't going down every single team in the league. Ain't nobody got time for that. A couple teams, believers or pretenders with specific things, though. The Knicks, they're the sixth seed right now. Five-game winning streak, 15 and 13. Regarding the Knicks, are they believers or pretenders when we're talking about them being a lock for the playoffs? Are they believers or pretenders? I mean, I think they'll be – they're kind of a mix of both. Because it's like, if they keep Randall, then it's like, all right, clearly they believe in what's going on. And I, I'll give him credit. He's been playing well. But at the same time, I know the shoe's going to fall off at some point. Like, he's going to have a bad game or a bad stretch of games where he's not playing well. He's not meshing with the team. And I just think this is the best time to try to trade him at this point. So then that's where I'm like, I don't really want them to be contenders because then I want to see some of these young guys. Like they are, they've already started. They've, you know, waxed Derrick Rose out of the, the rotation. Cam Reddish, they're trying to trade. Fournier is French. So, um, I mean, I want them to be good, of course. But at the same time, what is this year going to do if, you know, we, we make it as a six seed and – we don't see any growth out of like Obi or we don't see any growth out of like RJ and cause he's the third guy he's played well the last couple games, but like Randall clearly is a high usage guy. And that's a lot of money to, to be paying a guy who's really maybe a second or third option on a team. So while he's played well, like I said, I want to get him off this team. Like Jalen. Cool. He's the point guard of the future. Like, he should be here for the next 10 years. And they finally got it right on that end. But they made a mistake paying Julius Randle all this, all this money because he's not that guy. Like, he's he's good, but he's just not that guy. So, you know, maybe look at trading him to the Suns or something like that. Get, like, Jay Crowder and, you know, Tibbs can find a way to make it work. Just get real gritty and, you know, get – Get some gangsters out here. Like I don't want, I don't want Julius Randle. Like, it was, we're so lucky we won that game last night because for us to have like 24 seconds on the shot clock at the end of the game, and for us to take a like 20 footer fadeaway, I'm like, thank God we have Jalen Brunson. Otherwise, we would have blown that game. Like we, that game was ours the whole way through. And yeah, I don't want this. Turned out to be longer than I wanted it to be. Basically, I don't want us to be contenders. I don't <laughs> want us to lose some of these games. 
because we got a lot of picks. We're not going to win much right now with Randall as our top dog. So get him off the team, lose, fire everybody. Hey, before I go to the next team, Jalen Brunson, y'all got it right with that. Like you said, he saved that game. I don't know what it was that happened to OT. I don't know if somebody went up to him like, hey, you had your chance. We're putting the ball in Jalen's hand because that was absolutely abysmal and terrible IQ that Julius Randle literally just held the ball that long to end the game and came away with a fadeaway air ball jump shot to try to win the game. Let me say one more thing, because for him, the wor- usually the best thing for a player is to see the shot go in. But for him, that's the worst thing. Because once he sees it go in, all right, he's on go. He's chucking. He's taking threes. He's taking fadeaways. I'm like, yo, this is not even your game, some of these shots. But you're doing it on ESPN. So, yeah. Let me just say, he is the worst body language in basketball. Julius, Julius Randle was like, I turned the game on and hadn't seen anything. I actually turned it on right after he did that bullshit where he took that terrible shot. To before overtime and regulation and left set point seven on the clock for the Bulls to almost win the game on a lob where he should have been called for a foul anyways and should have lost. We, you know what I'm saying? But I knew how that game was going just by looking at him. Just looking at his body. Like he, he, he reeks of just terrible body language and just a guy who's horrible to be around, I feel like, within that team. Obviously, we can't speak to that, but it just looks bad. It just looks really bad, which probably makes it harder to trade him too. I think the, the, the people in around the league probably take note of that. You don't want to bring that into your locker room. So it's tough. He's making it, he's not making it easy. He, he's a talented guy, but he is, he, he doesn't look enjoyable to be around at all. When you watch him just like outside looking in, right. Mommy, you know what I mean? It's hard. I think that has, that's a big part of the reason why he's not gone yet, but them not firing Tibbs is weird to me because up until this win, recent winning streak, they were the most average team, maybe in NBA history. Like they were literally like down the middle, split even. They were win one, lose one, win one, lose one. It was ridiculous. Like, it's just very odd how just average they were as the team. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. But I think they are a playoff team in this East. Uh, I do think so. So it, not great news because you want high draft picks and you want to kind of start build around the youth as you've been saying this for years. But Jalen Brunson makes you just act just good enough. It's kind of, it's just the truth. If you didn't have him, I feel it'd be different. To your point too, for the next team, hey, you have a great point because in that overtime, Jalen Brunson was kicking and Julius Randle legit actually looked upset. Like legit looked upset because I'm pretty sure you saw it too, Miles, right? So the beginning of overtime on some like basketball nerve stuff, if you watch that overtime, they ran the same play three straight times where Julius Randle set a screen for Jalen Brunson. He made something out of it, right? He looked upset because he wasn't getting the ball off the roll or off the pop. Even though Jalen Brunson scored, this man was still looking upset, like, why am I not getting a rock? And when he finally got the rock, first thing he did was just chuck it. Didn't look to try to get the best, the next pass. Is there a better shot? He's literally that player that you played with in high school that was like, yo, he has an attitude. You're not giving me the ball. I want to shoot. So when I finally get the ball, all I'm going to do is just try to shoot not actually play the game the right way. They beat the Bulls. Should the Bulls, just real quick, should the Bulls blow this up right now? 11 and 16, is this the time to try to finally trade DeRozan? 
and blow this up. He's so good. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna hang tough on this. I don't. I, they're gonna hang tough on not trying to trade both those guys. But hey, and Lonzo is supposed to be probably not playing at all this season again. Sad. He lost a year and a half of his career off of a misstep in a surgery by a doctor. It sounds like it sounds like malpractice. But I, I, I yeah, I think they should blow it up. The answer is yes. The question is yes. But will they? I don't. I don't know. I, the the Bulls aren't the the well the most well run franchise. They don't they don't pivot off of things that are very flexible. They, they, you know what I mean? Um, they could really right their wrongs if they got those Laker picks. Uh, they definitely could if they look just punted it for the future. It, or, or even other teams like would be interested in Zach Levine. I mean, are you kidding me? You have a long list of suitors and you get a bunch of draft picks back for a guy that talented. Please, regardless of who he has, huh? That's a bad contract. I'm telling you that it would be teams would bid for him though. Like as as bad as the contract looks right now, teams would bid for him. Teams that are trying to win right now, huh, yo, there'd be a long line for Zach Levine and, and Demar, and you know Demar would get it, would, would get your picks too. They have a chance to really build. And, and Vucevic would 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 definitely. I, I think Vucevic might get traded anyways. I think he's most likely to get traded. Uh, Vucevic is a big time trade candidate. I hope the Nets get him. I want the Nets to get him really badly. I think he really help them. But. Um, yeah, I think they should. I just don't know if they will. And, 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 and you know, chop up the poor management. But maybe they'll prove me wrong and trade the Mar tomorrow or something. And hopefully he goes to the Lakers where he should have been in the first place instead of Russell Westbrook. But that's a whole different conversation. Last thing before we close it out. Believers or pretenders? The Clippers, they are currently the sixth seed. They're 17 and 13. They're on a three-game winning streak, six and four over their last 10. Most importantly... Kawhi has played the last five games. Believers or pretenders in the Clippers being a contender in the West? The pretenders. Yeah. Oh, all right. We on opposite spectrums then. I think they're pretenders. I don't believe in them at all. I'm sorry. Kawhi doesn't play games. He's a clown. He doesn't take it serious. If Kawhi jams his finger tomorrow, he's going to miss the next 10 games. That's what we are. It's just, if it's not perfect, he's not playing. He's not playing. So if, if you know, if Kawhi takes a bad bite into a, a cor- into corn on the cob and is his toothache, he's not playing for the next 20 games. That's what we're looking at. And we, So, look, when you devalue the regular season like that and disrespect the regular season, it comes back to bite you because there's some situation you're not getting enough reps in because the regular season is a, is a tune-up for teams to get to be the best version of yourself in the playoffs. That's what it is in the NBA. It's, it's trial runs repeatedly every night. They're not getting enough reps together. Him and Paul George, and we know Paul George is a, has a capacity for finding ways to take a dump on himself when it matters the most. He will do it. He will soil himself in the big moment. He does it all the time. We've seen it. I, he's so talented. He's so great. He's got so much skill. But when it matters and when the marble's on the table, he is useless. It, it, is, it is tough to watch sometimes. And, and even the regular season, he's just very anemic. One game he's great, next game he's not. One game he's great, when, it, it's weird. It's, it's really weird, okay? He's streaky. He's a streaky player. So you factor in with the guy who's the most fragile NBA superstar of all time and doesn't play games if he's not 100% healthy. Like, if, if, it, if, if you know, it has to be to the T. You know, if, if his wisdom teeth are kicking in and he, he feels some discomfort, he ain't playing for, for three months. So when you factor that in i'm sorry i can't i can't talk to a serious team you don't take you're not taking me serious you're not taking the league serious you're not taking this experience serious so no i'm not going to call you serious no the clippers are not serious all right i take it back 
right. you, you convinced me. I don't. When you put everything out on the table, you know, Kawhi, he's been, you know, slow playing the, the regular season, like you said. Um, you can't really do that and get your rhythm. And then Paul George, is, he's been banged up too lately. So it's like what looked like the best situation for the Clippers a couple of years ago has turned into like a, a nightmare kind of because you have to roll with this. Like you can't, you know, punt on this big two. Because you put all your eggs in this basket. So, I mean, if they can both stay healthy and, you know, start playing more games, then, yeah, I think they can be really good. And they've got some good pieces alongside them. You know, John Wall, once he, you know, gets going too. But that's not something you want. That's three guys who are kind of, you know, up in the air as far as injuries go. So, close out like this because I think if Kawhi is playing because he played the last five games if he actually starts playing the regular season I think they are contenders in the West and you should believe in them the thing is Kawhi needs to play because when he doesn't play John Wall is a completely different player this season and when Kawhi is there because we don't know when he's going to be there being that John Wall is a role player and a key role player for him, he still has yet to figure it out playing with Kawhi. Because Kawhi doesn't play enough. He's not practicing with the team. It's the regular season now. Teams always tell you once the regular season starts, there's not a lot of actual practice. So being that the Kawhi barely played, they didn't build chemistry. You're trying to do this on the fly now with John Wall and Kawhi and Paul George. Everybody else pretty much has played with Kawhi, and they know that they know the vibes when Kawhi come around. John Wall hasn't really played with Kawhi, and when Kawhi is there, John Wall now just stands in the corner, and we know he's not a spot-up shooter like that. So got to figure that out. We're going to close out the show with this. RIP to DJ Twitch and, you know, condolences and prayers out to his family. For those that watch this, for those that listen to this, this is just another reminder. One, check on your peoples, man. Check on your peoples, especially during, especially during this time. Suicide, depression is at a high a lot of times during the holidays. Check on your family. And secondly, give people their flowers while they're alive, man. They can be gone like this. You saw them one day, the next day they're gone. While people are here, Give them their flowers. Give them their love. Let them know how you feel. Fix your problems. Don't just hold grudges. Talk things out. Go to therapy if you need to. Figure it out. Because life tomorrow is not promised to nobody. To not one person. That's why y'all know what it is on Bench Mob. You got to stay ready. Then you don't got to get ready. Bench Mob ENT, we out. Peace. Peace.